0: provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports, and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Mud Gear, makers of the best training and racing gear in OCR. Mud Gear was the first compression gear built tough enough to help you conquer obstacles. When you race this season, look on the podium. You'll see top pros wearing Mud Gear. Built tougher for OCR and made in the USA. Nothing else compares on the course. Check it out at mudgear.com and use my promo code DHP for a 10% discount off your order. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, we're back again. And I got to tell you, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to introduce Alex Thrasher to the show. And Alex is the founder, owner, king of Mudgear. Mudgear is an apparel company that's focusing on obstacle course racing athletes. They make compression wear. And I just got to tell you how this came about first off before we get into this whole tirade about who Alex is and the product and what have you. What happens is, as you probably know if you've been following the show a couple shows back, Zoe and I decided to do a little thing on compression wear. And in the course of her research on compression wear, she came across the fact that Mudgear was rated as the highest or best product where compression is concerned in the industry. And I needed to get my apparel worked out. I need to get my logo out there for all of my athletes and all the folks that I run into around the country who have been begging me to get logo on on apparel. So I did a little research, and I come to find that uh, Mudgear was a, a solid product. Anyway, so to no longer drag you through this, I would like to introduce Alex of Mudgear. Alex, say hello to the audience.
1: Hey, th- hello, audience, and thank you, Richard, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to
0: have you. So, Alex, Mudgear, can you give us a sense of where all this got started and what your direction is and what have you?
1: Absolutely. Um, it all started for me around 2012, and uh, I'll, I'll just sort of uh, take you through why I decided to create the brand, create the business, and uh, you know how, how that led to us uh, getting some just awesome accolades. And, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just over the moon to have, uh, you know, some reviews like the one you found us through. And uh, we've got, you know, beyond that, just some, some great fans in the obstacle course racing world that uh, helped us to, you know, in the last couple of years, we were able to get uh, best clothing brand uh, runner up uh, this year next to some very big brands um, in, the, in the sports apparel world. Uh, but within the little niche of uh, obstacle course racing, you know, we're hyper focused on the needs of the athletes and, and just thrilled to be getting some recognition for, um, you know, the quality of the products we're putting together. But, you know, back to 2012, uh, I'm a, you know, approaching 40 middle-aged dad, couple of kids that uh, have me uh, running the dad life for about the last decade at that point. And I'm woefully out of shape, you know, it was a decent athlete in my uh, college and in high school days but the dad life has me um, you know headed the other direction and I need to get in shape quickly <laughs> so I around that time uh, found a, a great workout group here where I live in Charlotte North Carolina uh, a bunch of guys that were getting up early in the morning and doing some uh, boot camp style workouts and it was sort of a peer-led thing you know you you get brought in it's all for free you, you get brought in and start working out with these guys and you know over the course of three or four months start to lose some weight and eventually you know you get asked to lead the thing and it's all um, sort of a round-robin type of uh, you know leadership from there that's a whole different story the, the way that group is taken off around the country um, and that uh, that's a group called uh, F3 you can check them out at F, F3 nation but that's really what got me started to get back into shape, dropped about 20 pounds and the um, camaraderie of the, the guys I was working out with, you know, eventually led us to want to do some races together. So we, we, we did our first Mud Run uh, 2012 in the spring. This was down in Columbia, South Carolina. The, uh, it's called the Leatherneck um, uh, uh, Mud Run Relay out there. It's a four man team format, six miles. And we took a couple Greyhound buses full of guys down there that year uh, who were all, you know, pumped up and into it and uh, just loved it. I mean, it was basically an outdoor playground for me and uh, my team. You know, we were middle of the pack, but, you know, covered in mud and bruised, but had never had such a good time uh, outside and, and doing that sort of thing. You know, I'd been in the gym for a long time on the treadmill elliptical, elliptical machine and it was just a totally different kind of exercise and just got me hooked. Um, so from there, we started doing some Spartan races, did a Tough Mudder, uh, did my first beast race down in uh, Winsboro, South Carolina. Um, it was about that, you know, maybe a year or so into it uh, from there that I started to, you know, look around at the the things we were, we were wearing as a, a team and a, and a group of guys and you know, there's a natural progression. I guess what I saw is that when you first do a mud run, your very first mud run, you know, we were wearing things that we were just going to throw away afterwards. You get that big shoe pile, if you remember those, yeah. uh, and socks, and everybody just you know, wears their worst athletic gear or even cotton gear um, for the first one. And then, you know, once you start to get hooked in that second, third, fourth race, and you start to care about your time and, and uh, doing better in this race than you did in the previous race— we started looking at, uh, you know, our gear and, and trying to make better choices about it and, and, uh, wearing things that were going to feel good throughout the race, not hold a lot of water, um, and, and be tough enough. And, you know, I kind of, you know, found that it was a, a unique, um, set of requirements. I mean, there was a lot of good gym gear out there that performed really well on a basketball court or in the, uh, uh, in, in the indoor gym, but, you know, started to learn some things about the way that stuff was made, um, where in a lot of sports apparel, you know, profit margin is king. So they're they're looking for ways to make things um, either overseas or with cheaper and cheaper fabrics over time. And we were finding, you know, a lot of the things that we were able to buy just over time were wearing out and not really made for the the outdoor um, uh, races or much less even just the boot camps we were doing in the mornings out, outside, not holding up to the uh, you know the asphalt or the the um, the grass and and dirt we were on. So. Yeah, yeah. So you know, some somewhere around that time, I decided I, you know, was was just foolish and uh, uh, naive enough to think maybe I could do my own thing and and create something that was built for this uh, sport uh, and go after it in a way that the bigger companies just weren't weren't doing yet. So I mean, what I saw is obstacle racing was a fast-growing uh, sport, especially in that 2012-2013 timeframe. But the uh, the big apparel brands, you know, they were putting some marketing dollars behind it, but not really making products that were built specifically uh, to handle the demands of, you know, crawling on the ground through mm-hmm. mud and gravel under a barbed wire or, uh, you know, going over ropes or going up ropes. Um, and just they weren't putting the marketing, I mean, they, they were putting the marketing effort there, but not the product development dollars behind it to really understand what's different about the sport and what it needs. So. You know, my goal early on was, you know, I can do this, but I've got to keep a really low expense base um, because there's going to be less margin in making things of, um, of higher quality. But maybe I can, uh, you know, continue to ride the, the nice wave of the, the growth in the sport to, to make a company here that can stand for, uh, you know, really good outdoor quality gear um, by just focusing on obstacle racing and just keeping my blinders on and going after that. Uh, that market opportunity with just a commitment to the the sport and to the community around obstacle racing. That's that's a, the the thing that I found throughout this journey is that the community around obstacle course racing is one of the best ones in the world, and uh, just you know love the uh, the spirit of the people who are on the course together. And it's, you know it's definitely not just the um the elites and and uh, and those in the the early morning crowd that make this sport happen. It's the middle of the pack guys and the the people running in my heats that um, <laughs> stick around. Uh, for for the uh, the whole weekend and just make it a, a lifestyle. So, I think that's a big part of the brand as well. Yeah. So, so go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. I just uh, I, I was gonna just resonate with the fact that um, even my introduction to the sport, I felt the same thing. It was just really really powerful community, and I love that you're a grassroots organization that you came up from enjoying the sport and just looked to solve a problem and you did it within the United States as opposed to. You know, resourcing out to uh, uh, Taiwan or China to get cheaper fabric and and product.
1: Yeah, well, and I'll tell you that you know, to be completely honest, we tried it both ways, and and, and here's the reason why. I'm learning some secrets about the apparel industry as I go. So one thing you'll find is that um, the, uh, uh, the the apparel factories overseas are hungry for business, and it's a very different situation than what you'll find uh in the US because uh if you go on to something like a lot of people getting started in the apparel business will go on to an Alibaba or uh some of the online exchanges and find factories and find a way to have um uh, certain apparel pieces made and for a, a very small player you know that is you uh, can sometimes be the only way to go because uh, they're hungry for the business they're trying to generate um you know a uh, future uh contracts with with uh, good brands um, and the, the minimum order quantities are often low enough there that a small player can get started. Um, and that's a little different from the U.S. I mean, what I found in, in U.S. manufacturing is that the reason um, there's, well, first of all, the factories that are here and making you know good apparel in the U.S., there's not as many today as there were 10 and 20 years ago. And the ones that are here are the scrappy ones. I mean, they're very efficient and they're very Good at uh, not getting their time wasted. So, you know, if if me as a dreamer, if I show up on the doorstep of a U.S. Um, factory with a vision and a market, um, I'm going to get turned away nine out of ten times just because they've got to be very careful about spending their resources on uh, pipe dreams that may or may or may not work out. Because um, you know they've they've learned over the last few decades how to survive by by uh, prioritizing. So, you know we did we started out by uh, trying a first round of things with overseas manufacturing. Um, you know learn some stuff along the way, but ultimately, you know it's, it's the same stories you hear from uh, uh, from other industries or other worlds where the factory relationships are it's, it's, there's different business cultures. And what I was finding was that I couldn't trust the product that was coming out. It was the exact same one that I had uh, inspected and approved. And just you know, trust issues all along the way to where I knew early on it was, it was not going to be a sustainable way to do business um, and led me a couple years ago to just you know, pull all of those ties and, and work exclusively on doing all of our product in the U.S. And today, most of it's here in North Carolina. We do all of our socks out of Hickory, North Carolina, and we do all of our shirts, pants, uh, things we're working on today um, uh, also here in state. Our fabric is dyed and finished here. It's actually made in uh, other parts of the U.S., um, up uh, Philadelphia way, But um, I would say 90% of what we do is here in the state of North Carolina, but 100% of what we're making these days is made in the USA product. Um, Definitely, you know, proud to be able to do that. But just from a, a, uh, um, you know, efficiency standpoint, it allows me to be on the factory floor, uh, you know, four or five times a month here lately, which uh, would be very difficult if we were producing anywhere else. And I'm just confident and comfortable that, uh, you know, what we're putting out uh, today is exactly the, the type of quality that, um, that I want to be, you know, known for and, and uh, where we want to take the company.
0: Let's talk about the quality for a second. Now, you're making these, I guess they're not compression, but they're, they're tight-fitting race tops and, and shirts, and then, of course, compression wear. But what's the distinction? What's the big difference between the way your shirts are designed versus what is typical?
1: Uh, great question. So, so when I, when I started out shirts were the very first thing we wanted to make and, and, uh, personal preference p- p- played a lot into this for, uh, you know, me and the group of guys that I was uh, doing these events with. So, um, you know, some of our guys liked compression, but the majority liked a, uh, a fitted shirt that was, uh, close to the body, but not, uh, you know, eye popping compression, um, that uh would cut off circulation with a tight neck and that sort of thing so um, we decided to go the route of a closely fitted shirt that stays out of the way of the obstacles uh, moves with you really well and of course the uh, performance characteristics of the fabric are extremely important so you need a uh, a wicking fabric that uh, not only not only uh, moves water away from the body but just actually drains very well too because you're going to be underwater at some point and um, you know, in, in some sort of a mud pit that requires not just, uh, you know, evaporation, but (laughs) true drainage and, and wicking, uh, from there that will, you know, get that stuff away from you and allow you to, to move as freely as possible. Um, yet you still want a little protection. I mean, I've, I've had those, uh, I call them cheese graters where you're, you're, you know, on your stomach going through, uh, um, uh, a, a mud pit or a, a low crawl where if on your belly or back you come out of that thing and just look like you've been torn to shreds uh, by w- whatever was in there um, so some at least small layer of protection against the skin is important and, and for that it's got to be a durable fabric uh, something that's going to not pick um, but still stretch and, and move with the body very well and then your seams are important so you know there's a uh, uh, cover stitch type ste- seams that are used on a lot of uh, athletic apparel that um, are okay, but you know what you need there is is a true, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, stitch pattern that is going to be durable yet uh, comfortable against the skin. So that that you know, usually in athletic wear is a flat lock stitch. Um, those are difficult to find. Uh, not a lot of factories can do that or do that well for athletic apparel. So combining all those elements together from the, the cut, uh, the fabric style and the, uh, the sewing itself, the type of stitching, you know, goes, goes, um, uh, it all works together to make a, a shirt that's truly meant for outdoor performance versus, uh, you know, just a normal gym, gym clothes apparel. Um, that's, uh, you know, the, the basics behind the construction of our shirt. No, no, no new features there in terms of rocket science. It's just doing all the small parts. Well,
0: cool. Now let's talk about the compression socks and your your low cut socks. Is, is is there anything unique about the way your compression socks are developed?
1: Now that there is, yeah. And this is uh, this is something that came out of again uh, trial and error and, and experience in our first mud runs. Um, a good buddy of mine would uh, he was known for going over the rope traverse in a method that. Um, I would not advise, um, <laughs> to anyone he basically would wrap his legs around, uh, the rope and, uh, pull himself as hard as he could as fast as he could with his hands while, while just, uh, you know, ripping open the back of his calf <laughs> nice. so after going through the burns of that, uh, on a couple of occasions, he, he ended up with a, um, infection on one of his uh, calves. And. Um, you know, I had always been a fan of the, the leg over leg approach seemed to work pretty well, but, you know, even with that approach was still getting some torn up, uh, calf, um, uh, you know, on the back, on the backs of mine as well. So, um, when we did a compression sock, I wanted to build something that actually had a, a bit of, uh, protection for, uh, the leg. And that would be, you know, front and back, but especially the back where you're doing either a climb or a traverse and you need a little more padding back there. So we developed a compression sock that doubled the amount of uh, material on the back calf uh, headed down towards the Achilles uh, that is you know made to assist with rope climbing and in rope, I call it sliding, so the type of uh, approach that my, my buddy Lee uses where he pulls himself across the rope. You know just enough there so that when you, if you're going to use that approach, you're not going to slice open or uh, you know rub the back of that uh, leg area raw. Um, so we call that the compression OCR sock. Uh, the rest of it is built with, uh, you know, a true graduated compression. It's uh, performance grade, so we're in the uh, 15 to 25 range. Um, it's not as tight as something that would, uh, you know, cause the um, the top of your legs to go numb or or uh, something like that. Um, uh in that but i think that performance grade rating for for uh for me and for the athletes that we we put that on to test is just right for distance running where you are going to have some uh swelling issues to contend with and um and you're looking at having this sock on for uh you know a good part of the day depending on how long of a race you're in um so that's one where again materials are also important we we use a uh, spandex nylon uh blend in uh, those compression socks it's built for uh strength but it's also again built for drainage this is the only compression sock that i know about that is designed to uh perform even after it goes underwater. um you know there's there's obviously going to be some water retention that that happens in uh, in any sock material uh but we've built this to you know be able to go in and out of the water and within a mile or so of running that you know that water gets uh, pushed out especially if you have good shoes with drainage um and that uh, drainage and extra protection is what makes it special for the sport.
0: Cool. You also have some boxer briefs. I'm, I'm assuming they're basically liners.
1: That's um, right. They're, they're they're made for uh, uh, you know base layer under a pair of shell shorts. Uh, um, not made for wearing on their own. But uh, I can't stop uh, some athletes, especially uh, the old uh, Elliot McGuire. Was one of the first guys I ever saw wear those by themselves. As I like, those. You know, those have a flap in the front. You're looking at a wardrobe malfunction here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Good to know. Good to know. That would be a that would be kind of a a problem coming over a wall or something. I'd imagine. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you and I talked about some of the other products you have upcoming. Are you looking to do some compression shorts for the guys or, or or tights? Is that is that on your radar?
1: It is on the radar. I'll tell you the thing that has been uh, on our radar the, the longest. I'm really excited that we're finally uh, bringing it out this spring. Um, we have been working towards a, uh, a line of women's apparel, and uh, we've had some uh, fantastic female athletes on our pro team for a while who have uh, you know, worn our socks and been uh, big fans of our socks, and they've asked for a couple of years now, you know when are we going to have a uh, women's version of your um, mudgear, uh, race shirt. So excited that we, we're going to have both a women's race shirt and a women's uh, racerback tank uh, coming off our production line here in the next several weeks and hope to have that up in time for a lot of the uh, the spring races. Um, excited about those. They're going to be very similar to our uh, fabric in our uh, men's jerseys. Uh, same type of drainage and, and wicking, uh, but a really nice cut on both of those and, and uh, it's going to allow for you know folks to to be able to personalize those as well we get a lot of uh, requests from from the large teams in the ocr world that like to you know go with a mudgear shirt but get their their own logo on that so we've left plenty of room on the front of these that uh, we can outfit it with um, team logos as well but uh, again those should come out and here in the next um I, I, near the middle of march i'm hoping by middle of april we'll have those up on the website
0: yeah so i see that ria coble is now on your mudgear team right oh yes yeah, and uh, of course Kirk DeWint. I, I know Kirk pretty well, oh. and uh, I think uh, there's a few other guys there. Uh, is uh, Victor Casada, I believe, is is one of your guys, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, he's uh, he's been with us for a couple years, and uh, big fan of the Sox, and uh, also one of the best social media athletes that I know. You know, these these guys are incredible. They'll they'll go out and uh, run a couple of races on the weekend, and and uh, have their photos up, and uh, be. Instagramming about it later on that afternoon. They're they're very uh, uh, personable and, and uh, media media friendly as well. I love having our I love having our gear on these guys not only because they're fantastic athletes but uh, just because they're you know such great people and and encourage the community so much with everything they're doing.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. I love it. Yeah, well I'm looking forward to having your apparel with my logo on it. You know I'm gonna have to squeeze on you a little bit to see if we can get something done for San Jose. Because right. I've, I've got guys that are wearing me out about it right now. They're, they they want to get something on, and uh, VJ Jones for one, he's he's all about it. He wants uh, he wants something, and I got a couple other guys too that are racing that weekend. And since I'm going to be up there,
1: I, I I'd like to represent myself. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, there's there's nothing better in the world than uh, you know seeing the stuff that we work hard to make. Uh, you know on people like you and and you know vj up-and-coming athletes that uh, that just makes it really cool for me and everybody that uh, works on our team to see our stuff out in the field on on uh, you know folks in the community that that uh, help make make it what it is
0: yeah it's good stuff so i hope to have my product out in a store essentially it's going to be a virtual store where they can whomever out there wants to get access to my kit with your fine material and uh that should be happening pretty soon here, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We've got a, a spot where we can, um, you know, host teams that have uh, logo needs, um, you know, that, that's both on mud gear material, uh, and we also have the ability to, you know, put team logos on other uh, shirts as well if if you're looking for just, you know, plain t-shirts or whatever for, uh, for off the course. Um, that's something that we do as sort of a, a sideline to, um, uh, you know, help encourage everybody who wants to have a a race jersey on MudGear, be able to do that and uh you know have, have an online store capability to help there too but um you know if you email us at, through the MudGear channels you can find that but we also uh on the side operate a an online store area for teams like that uh, you can check that out at tribe stores.com um, tribe like a, a group of people of, of any sort whether it's a, a race team or a uh, community or a small company, that sort of thing, we we, uh, we host stores there for uh, for groups like that. So that's Tribestores.com, something that we uh, we sprung up over the last couple of years just because we had a lot of requests from groups that uh, wanted us to help them put their own logo on, you know, not only our stuff, but other things as well. So that's that's been um, the way we've been helping to satisfy that there and, and looking forward to having yours on, on that as well, Richard. It's
0: going to be good stuff. Got a lot of people, there was a lot of controversy about the hashtag you can't win if you run like shit. <laughs> but I've had people actually tell me that they're not wearing my shirt unless that's on. They just they find that to be a really important component of the whole thing.
1: Well, but, I, I tell you what, I tell you what we'll do, Rich, we, on on your uh, on your online store where you've got your uh, DHP OCR gear, we, we'll, we'll make an option that uh, on any uh, shirt that's out there, you can choose yes or no if you want the back logo or not, just to make everybody happy. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's,
0: that's probably a, a very wise decision on both our parts to do that. I'm very excited about the whole process. I'm glad I found you. I think it's kind of kismet we bumped into each other this way. I love what you're doing for the sport. I think that it's exciting to see manufacturers in this country making U.S. products for the sport. I'm very excited for the future for both of us.
1: Thank you. Well, Thanks for all the love and uh, for introducing me to your your, uh, fans and uh, really enjoy um, listening and thanks for having us on. It's been a pleasure. Real quick, so it's mudgear.com if people want
0: to check out your product. And very soon there'll be a link up on my pages and on my sites if you want to find out where my apparel's going to be on that fine fabric. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Alex, for coming on with me. And you bet. Uh, looking forward to it. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.